Good evening and welcome back to Diz Dads Podcast Plus. I'm your host, Aaron Ripmaster, here with you for episode 14. Joining me to record are my co-hosts, Tim Hicks. Someone's poisoned the water hole. <laughs> and Willie Crocker. Hey guys, welcome back. Now, tonight we're going to be chatting about stuff that doesn't exist. Yes, that's right. That's the whole point of the show. We're going to talk about our favorite United States Disney attractions. We had to limit it somehow. Um, United States Disney attractions that never got built. But before we jump into that discussion, we do need to thank our podcast sponsors because they do exist. So we want to give a big thank you shout out to Mouse Master Travel and Wicked Mouse Travel both of which are authorized Disney vacation planners and would love to help you get your next Disney destination vacation planned and ready to roll as soon as these destinations are open and ready to have you uh, as their guest again. Uh, and then also um, our longtime sponsor, Kingdom Strollers, Orlando's premium stroller and crib rental vendor. Um, they're a great resource for those of you who travel with younger children um, or maybe you have a, a younger grandchild coming. The ability to pick up a stroller at the airport and not have to worry about the pickup and drop off at the, at the hotel is beautifully convenient and always get quality equipment and great service from the folks at Kingdom Strollers. All right, guys. Um, this was one of those topics that it was one of those random things that, you know, we were just talking about some other stuff and we thought, ah, this would be fun to talk about. Um, and this is one where I have to admit, as we start out as the host, I'm a little bit at a disadvantage because I think we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but, you know, I came to the Disney Park fandom side of things pretty late. Um, you know, I, I was an adult and it was already the, you know, two thousands before I was a, a big Disney parks fan. And, and both of you were, you know, well into your double digit trips <laughs> before my first. <laughs> so, so I've been playing catch up, but you know, the good thing is that I read fast. Um, and, and there's a lot of great information out there about, Disney attractions that never got built. As a matter of fact, that by itself is probably worthy of a show at some point down the road about all the great, you know, sites that are up now that you can explore to learn about um, unbuilt Disney attractions. But um, that aside, you know, we've we've generated our own lists, and we're going to do this in our now becoming standard top nine format. Um, and the last couple of times I've picked on Tim, so this time. I'm going to put Willie on the spot and have Willie put on our first uh, item on the list. Willie, what is one of your favorite never-built Disney attractions? My favorite 
unbuilt attraction is the Mount Fuji roller coaster that was going to be built at the Japan Pavilion. It was basically the Matterhorn of Walt Disney World in Mount Fuji. It looked so cool. I remember it as, I don't think I was a total kid, but I was a kid, like I still am today. But they had the whole concept of the whole volcano built, and you could see the whole ride through Mount Fuji, and it was just so amazing, and I was so excited about it, and we never got it. And you know why we never got it, right? No. Oh, well, then I get to jump in on this one because that was actually one of my picks, too. Uh, it was because Kodak was one of the sponsors in Epcot, and they didn't want anything resembling one of their chief competitors being a Fuji Fuji to be oh in competition in that park. Interesting. That totally makes sense now. Yeah, because the timing fits, right? <laughs> that's that's right when Fujifilm was getting to be, you know, the big competitor for Kodak. I I get that now, and I'm like, oh my god, because I remember Fujifilm with the green label and everything right, else. Right. Yeah, like that's so right at that same time. Mm-hmm. Holy when, when Kodak was doing well. This, I mean, this is the minefield of. That that whole concept that that I think people forget all the time is when Walt pitched the idea. You know his his concept was that that American industry would be just chomping at the bit for the opportunity to you know have the the sponsorship of something in the parks that this would be such great exposure for them and great opportunity. But I don't think he ever really anticipated just how intense the paranoia and sort of um um <laughs> the word i keep coming up with is agoraphobia but i mean it's not quite that but these these corporations you know they they like their space they don't like to share a spotlight ever mhm so there you go the last thing you want to do is be, you know, Burger King and all of a sudden McDonald's is, you know, pumping fries right in front of your face. Like, it's just like an insult to <laughs> everyone. Right. Especially if you've paid for the right to do that. Exactly. <laughs> Those millions of dollars don't go very far. Right. All right. So the first attraction on the board is uh, the Mount Fuji coaster that would have gone um, – back there behind or on top of almost the Japan Pavilion. Uh, Tim, what's uh, one of the things on your list? All right. Probably the top item on my list is one that uh, actually did get built, just not by Disney. Um, They were going to go into the Animal Kingdom and have a dragon-themed roller coaster ride. Um, Now, some people may not have picked up on this little bit of trivia, but as you're walking into Animal Kingdom and you see the Animal Kingdom sign, you also one of the animals on that sign is a dragon because they were going to have another land inside of Animal Kingdom called Beastly Kingdom. Uh, so they had this dragon-themed roller coaster ride, uh, but then uh, they didn't build it, and the Imagineers that uh, came up with it got laid off from uh, Disney, and they went over to Universal. I guess what is now in Universal, Dueling Dragons, one of my favorite roller coaster rides in on the dark side. Except that it's gone from Universal now. Oh, it is. Yeah, that's I, that's well, where Hagrid's is. I, oh, I haven't been. 
that tells you how long it's been since I've gone to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> this is what, but, 2007, I think? Yeah, 2006, 2007 is the last time I went to Universal. All right, well, I know it's the dark side, but you really should go back because there's some great stuff there. Oh, yeah, there's so many new things. Um, I've not seen you know, any of the uh, Diagon Alley stuff. I've not seen any of the, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. I really want to see that. So it's time for one of those exploration, exploration trips. All right. So once upon a time, it was going to be Dragon Tower, um, kind of being a, a, the weenie for the Beastly Kingdom. And instead, it became Dueling Dragons in the Lost Continent over at Universal. Um, you know, I, I'm going to stay with Unbuilt Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, it's really a tragedy when you look at all of the things that were supposed to be part of Disney's Animal Kingdom and that didn't get built just because they ran out of money. You know, this, this is the, this is, uh, I don't want to go off on the rant now. We're going to have this time to talk about it on another show, but you know, people just rave all the time about Eisner and, and the Disney decade, but this is a great example of the downside of Eisner's approach to the Disney decade, which was that he, he loved the parks and he loved new, but he didn't seem to ever have a, a handle on sort of um, sequencing and staging of these kinds of things. So he would announce all these things at once and then they'd get cut left and right because they'd run out of money. Um, and Disney's Animal Kingdom suffered mightily. Not only did they lose Beastly Kingdom, but... Dinoland USA is nothing like it was envisioned to be. And the biggest piece that is missing is a fantastic roller coaster that would have been running right through the middle of Dinoland, right in the middle there where the, the, you know, arcade or the, the, uh, sort of boardwalk games type stuff is, right? That whole area would have been traversed by a massive roller coaster called the Excavator. And it really would have tied together a lot of the theming of Animal Kingdom because the idea was that the Excavator was the abandoned uh, uh, sort of minecart kind of thing for the people who were doing the excavations that led to the ride dinosaur and the the boneyard playground and all of that. This was the piece that tied it all together because this is the the last vestige of that uh yeah that 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 uh, exploration camp right the paleontologists excavation camp, um, and I mean think about how much of a thrill ride mecca Disney's Animal Kingdom would have been if it had opened with. Expedition to Everest, Dragon Tower, and the Excavator. And the Excavator was supposed to be a wooden roller coaster too, so yes. you have that as that aspect. Right, that, right, and um, it would have been unique. Hasn't been captured. Yeah, yeah um, it, it's kind of funny, you know, maybe a little ironic that that Disney's credited with essentially inventing the the steel roller coaster with with the Matterhorn, but uh, you know, or the steel rail. Uh, with with Matterhorn, and you know, it, I can't think of another wooden roller coaster. I mean, the, there are parts of um, uh, Big Thunder that pretend to be, but they're not really. They're just they're not real. wood dressing. Yeah. Right. The real roller coaster is the Beast out of Kings Island, and 
uh, Ohio, Cincinnati. Yeah, well, and we've got we've got a, a nice yeah. uh, couple of the nice wood roller coasters here out at uh, Worlds of Fun in in Kansas City. Um, Prowler and Timberwolf are both wooden coasters, which are awesome. Well, Prowler is awesome. Tim- no, I mean, Tim- Timberwolf. Timberwolf coaster. is in desperate need. <laughs> Of a, of a refurb, because when wooden coasters are are worn, <laughs> they're boring and <laughs> well, they're a chiropractor's dream. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I remember the Texas Giant at uh, Six Flags in Texas. Yeah, um, there you go. One time, uh, my my now ex wife and I were riding it, and she was wearing these big dangly earrings, and they were slapping her in the face. <laughs> 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 chiropractor's dream, but uh, there's all kinds of fun little asides that go with those. All right. So we got off with a bang with, um, you know, three never built roller coasters. Um, Tim, what's another one that's on your list? Oh, you're going to love this one. Uh, This was going to be built in Disneyland in California. Uh, It was going to be a Twilight Zone Tower of Terror kind of ride, Um, but they were going to put it in Frontierland. And basically, uh, the ride would consist of um, you getting on something that's like a big drilling machine that's you know going to drill down into the earth. And this is called Geyser Mountain because you would uh, drill down into the earth and you'd get caught in a massive geyser and thrown up into the into the air. That to me just sounds like it would have been such a fun little ride. It kind of almost a cross between Splash Mountain and uh, and Tower, Tower of Terror. Terror. Tower of Terror, yeah. 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 I think that would have been a great ride. Uh, well, it would have been interesting to figure out too. Like, oh, what, yeah. what's the next? Like, yeah, yeah, right. What, like, what are what the other things? Do each time because yeah. it could totally change. Well, but remember, you know, we we shouldn't get too ahead of ourselves because the the Tower of Terror at Walt Disney World was unique in having the changing drop cycles, right? I mean, so even if they were using the same same ride systems to build this, at the time, it was a pre-programmed cycle. Right. It was the same ride all the time. Oh, yeah, but, not randomized like, like we get right, now. Right, right. Um, well, you know, I, I am going to go uh, decisions, decisions. Mark for editing. Um, oh, yeah, I got to go with that one. Um, all right, so th- this is a big one, and it's really, I don't know, maybe it's a bit of a cheat because it's its multiple pieces that, that kind of go together, but but I'm going to focus on the, the core attraction. And this one would have been for the Magic Kingdom, um, and this is the Western River Expedition attraction. Now, the Western River Expedition was supposed to be Walt Disney World's answer to Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, it was the the water based dark ride with a whole you know new cast of characters. Rackety Raccoon was rolled out frequently for a couple of years. Um, the character you know got some some attention um, promoting the coming attraction of Western River Expedition. It was part of this whole kind of complex. So if you look at where um, Big Thunder Mountain is now, Big Thunder Mountain would have been Big Thunder Mesa. And the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad would have been on top of the Mesa, and the Western River Expedition would have gone underneath it. So you would have had that great 
kinetic synergy that you have in places like um, in Disneyland, in um, Tomorrowland, where you've got that spot where you've got um, a monorail that comes by and uh, uh, the subs below it and Autopia next to it. You've got all these layers of action and movement, um, and you would have had that in the back of Frontierland at Walt Disney World with Western River Expedition. It had this boat ride through, plus the, the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. And then guests started complaining that Disney World did not have Pirates of the Caribbean. And they held off basically as long as they could. They kind of put the project, the Western River Expedition, on hold just to kind of see if the the furor would die down, and it just didn't. Um, Guest Relations was fielding so many complaints about there not being a Pirates of the Caribbean attraction at Walt Disney World that they finally gave up and wedged one into Adventureland where there really wasn't room for one. And people wonder why, when you have the luxury of size, Walt Disney World has such an abbreviated Pirates of the Caribbean compared to Disneyland, because it wasn't in the plans. (laughs) Totally. I mean, it's like, it was like forced into an area that should never have had pirates and there's no room to move it now. Like it's literally, it's wedged in. It's wedged into that far left corner. If you want to look at it from the front of the park and there's nowhere to go. Right. (laughs) But it's another example of how the ride experience in Disneyland and the ride experience in Disney world are so different because, um, uh, in Disneyland where you're, you know, cruising by the, um, the blue Bayou uh, restaurant, you know, it, it really sets the mood and gets you into that um, uh, much more gradually. It's just a, it, it's like you said, the one in Disney World is just more abbreviated. It's, it's fine. It is what it is, but um, and it's been through a few refurbs too over the years. Oh yeah, I mean they've added pieces to it, and clearly the Imagineers love it and they do what they can with it. But it's just it's it's so frustrating to see some of the concept art and things of Western river expedition and to think about what we could have had, right. What would have been there, how much that part of, of Walt Disney world would have been such a great focal point. And the flip side, you know, if they had that space that ended up getting eaten by pirates, you know, what more could we have done in adventure land? Right. I mean, right. There, there was our chance for Indiana Jones, right. <laughs> is is you you know you could have you could have kind of combined the spaces that are used by jungle crews and um pirates and really done it right but because they were forced by guest sentiment basically to to wedge pirates in there we didn't get western river expedition and we're never going to get it now because those are such staple icons that there's nowhere to move the park like you know, you can't go any further. Yeah, I thought about that. I mean, theoretically, you could do it. You'd have to close Big Thunder for, you know, probably a couple of years because you'd have to totally regrade, you know, the back of Frontierland. Um, right. So, And then and move Tom Sawyer Island. Yeah, probably. I'd, I'd have to look at an aerial map because I don't, I don't remember how far back you can go behind because um, the number. train is back there and then they have the basically if you go further back that's where the fireworks are right right so not much space I mean, to work with not well they bought 27 acres last week so <laughs> <laughs> they're All always right. buying so one two three four five uh i think we're up for number two from willie 
And I'm ready because Toontown Transit Simulator, the Roger Rabbit ride that we never got. I was so excited because I went and saw Roger Rabbit as a kid in the theater. And, oh, my God, I was just thinking, like, how cool would it be that Jessica Rabbit was going to be involved in everything we did? And would we get nothing? Do you remember that? I, I, I remember Roger Rabbit. I was a huge fan of the movie, but I wasn't into the parks yet. So I didn't really oh, know about any go. of that stuff. It was yeah, basically a been. flight simulator of Roger Rabbit, and it was gonna be like this mind mind blowing thing, or as Roger Rabbit called it, hair raising ride that was yeah. just well, out of this. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Well, you know, it's exactly. funny because I've heard some stories about it, and and apparently in the in the kind of test mockups that they did. Um, their biggest problem was that they had to like work with it and try and find some ways to dial it back because the people that they brought in, the Imagineers were fine, but as soon as they brought in outsiders to try it, people would complain that they were getting sick. They didn't do that with mission space. <laughs> you know, by that time, maybe they'd given up. Um, now th- the truth is though, that it's not that people got getting queasy. That's not what killed the attraction. It's actually, this one isn't even one that budget killed. This is one that Hollywood personalities killed. Right. It's sad, but I, I, I was a huge Roger Rabbit fan. Like I loved that movie. It's like one of my favorite movies and no one even knows what the movie is. If you don't really go back to the nineties. Yeah. And it, it all comes down to Disney and Spielberg getting into a, you know, nasty fight. Quarrel. Yeah, you know, <laughs> a, a nasty fight over over usage rights for characters and what they could, you know, what could be done where and with what. And, you know, it was, it was very quickly got out of control to the point where it was years before Spielberg would even talk to Disney let alone allow, you know, Disney to, to work with them on an, on an attraction. And now Spielberg has half the things. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting. You know, the, the, the Spielberg Lucas collect connection kind of exactly. got us there because, you know, Lucas remained a Disney fan. Um, all right. Uh, so let's see, that's, that's six. So we're up to number seven. I think it's my turn to go first this round. Um, which is kind of unfortunate because I'm just not really ready. Um, let's see. Oh, yes, that's definitely. This one is one that I still get angry about because it was a great idea that was dead and gone in the you know early 90s and then was almost resurrected and then ruined again <laughs> because I still want Gonzo's Pandemonium Pizza Parlor at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And instead, we got crappy pizza pizza planet followed by recycled crappy Rizzo's Pizzeria that was a total missed opportunity. They they had this chance to totally retheme a restaurant. 
I wouldn't have even been that demanding. Like they could have just done it with decor. I'd have been okay with it. I'd have tolerated the bad pizza and they couldn't even deliver on that. It was still bland decor. They still didn't deliver on the Muppet whimsy when they had the chance to do it. And it's so terribly disappointing. You know, that's the only thing I hold against the baseline tap house is that it doesn't belong there. That should be Rizzo's. <laughs> but well, baseline tap house is amazing. It is. <laughs> or Gonzo's, the thing is, either if, one. If, if you go back uh, you know, into what was originally planned for that, I mean, right now all we got is, you know, Muppet 3D, Muppet Vision 3D and, you know, um, you know, Pizza Rizzo's. That space was originally planned for a lot more Muppet-based stuff. Oh, yeah. It's just when Jim Henson passed away, it just kind of – I don't know why that made it, everything stop by it, necessity. It was another rights issue. Oh, um, I see. Just because, IP. because he died before some of the contracts were finalized, and there was a big battle over who owned what, which characters could be used where, um, and it took – decades to fight out missed opportunity yeah because I, st- I still enjoy muppet stuff and we're still paying for it today and it's terrible because the muppets are amazing they're so funny they are perfect for disney oh and, and there's i mean it's it's a shame for everybody involved because it's such it's such an incredibly rich you know, source of, of intellectual property and characters and themes and ideas. And it's been wasted for everybody because, you know, we, we lost the opportunity to work with really, you know, almost a whole generation of, of Muppet Studios talent who were in the prime of their careers and, had the brakes thrown on because, you know, for a decade while we fought about who owned what. And then by the time, you know, Disney finally had things settled, you know, they they just had lost their momentum. Right. It's like the right hand never talking to the left hand. It was so bad. I mean, it was just like we had so many opportunities and we really got punched in the face with it. Like, well, you look at it, you know, Muppet Muppet Production, uh, Henson Studios, uh, or I have that backwards, Muppet Studios, uh, Henson Productions, is in my mind a lot like where you know Lucasfilm and um, uh, Industrial Light Magic. Sorry, Industrial Light Magic. You know where they went one direction into the um, extreme visualization. You know they were going into a completely different direction with you know um, extreme takes on on what you could do with puppetry and and that sort of thing. So it's you know two very different prongs for you know the same entertainment center. It, yeah. It's something they really should have done. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I smell another show brewing. Based on, on, you know, some, some some Muppet stuff that, that, you know, there's, there's Muppet shows related stuff that I've wanted to do for a while. And I, it's good that I, you know, realize that I'm now working with fellow Muppet fans that, that we, we could get away with really, uh, running with one of these. Um, (laughs) the Muppets are awesome. Like they are, you can't go wrong. I got every time I hear like Disney doesn't want to do anything with the Muppets. I'm like, Why? Like Muppet Babies is huge well, on and, Disney and if you Plus. Think about it, even even if we're just talking about in the parks, Disney has now had 
two just little tiny one-off Muppet things for entertainment that they've introduced. And both times they have been smash hits and they're not, they're not things that you pull a fast pass for. They're not things that, you know, you, you, you kind of plan your trip around, but people stumble across it and they're transfixed. Both the great moments in American history bit uh-huh. that they've been doing, you know, periodically above um, the, the uh, uh, Hall of Presidents is fantastic. It's amazing. It's so yeah, funny. It's just a great and it's show. quick. It's and like, and, it's and like ironically, it's an so much and better weeks. than the much more expensive show happening inside. Right. Yeah. Right? I'd say the least. But at the same time, if you go into uh, the Muppet Muppet 3D uh, building, there are so many gags oh, yeah, yeah. that if you're if you're if you don't know about them, or if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss them. Right, you're, right. But I, I mean, I'm just talking about these little one-off things. So there's that one, yeah. and then I, this one came again and then disappeared again, and I, I don't know what its status is. If you've never seen the um, the the uh, for, oh god, I'm going to forget what they call it. The, the oh, it's the the Mobile Muppets Lab. With Beaker and oh, yeah. Um, yeah. and Doctor Bunsen Honeydew in their their they just wander around Epcot. Mm-hmm. It is fantastic, and every time they roll that little thing out, it is you know packed, surrounded by people watching the show, and it's a little ten minute show, maybe fifteen minutes tops, but it is quality entertainment every single time. And it's eaten up like candy. And, you know, yeah. they, they come out and they'll run it for like two weeks because they need something to fill because there's construction going on or something else is closed. And then it goes away again for months. Okay. I know one that the Diz Dads would have absolutely loved it if they'd have gone forward with it. And that's the Swedish chef's cooking class. They were going to do a video cooking show with the Swedish <laughs> chef. That would have been awesome. <laughs> hey, chocolate and the moose. <laughs> oh, Burk my gosh. Or I, I would have done that. I would have done it. All right. Every time. All right. Uh, so we've got we've got two more slots here open. Um, let's see, Tim. Why don't, why don't you fill slot number eight here? What do you okay, got for well, us? Well, I was thinking. Okay, so you were you were mentioning how um, there was so much sentimental pressure to put a Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Disney World. Something else that received some pressure was for the Matterhorn for them to have a, a, a second coming of a Matterhorn. Uh, in Disney World as well. Well, they originally, uh, one of the the failed um, kiosks or areas, if you will, of uh, uh, pavilions, that's the word I'm looking for, in Epcot, was a Switzerland p- pavilion. And there was they were supposed to do something you know, with a Matterhorn-style implementation with that. My take on that, though, is I've been in in parks. You know, I keep mentioning like Six Flags because I've been there probably more often than any other non Disney property. But there is a uh, huge. It's it's like a half pipe uh, sort of slide where uh, you you get like so many people in a car, and it just it free floats inside that half pipe. But it's a it's a bobsled ride, a bobsled style oh, yeah, ride, yeah, more like an alpine coaster. Yes, that's an it. alpine that's slide. An alpine slide. And Disney could have done something with that and classed it up and really made you feel like, you know, you were in the Swiss Alps uh, and created an experience like that. And I think that's a, a, a missed opportunity as well. But, you know, when they didn't do the Switzerland Pavilion, it's you know, what, what would you do with a thing like that? Right. It kind of fell by the wayside. 
Um, all right, Willie, what's the, the last item on the list here before we go and try and rank them? Last item on the list, the Atlantis Exper- expedition out of Disneyland when they were going to do the submarines, when they took out 20,000 leagues under the sea and they thought Atlantis was going to be the big movie hit. And well, we know where that went. Like the Titanic. Which is really unfortunate because, you know, I think that movie is unfairly maligned. My kids and I really enjoyed it. And every, from everything I've, I've read about the making of the movie and the movie itself, we really enjoyed it. And if they would let them make the dang movie the way they wanted to make it in the first place, it would have been even better. Exactly. They, they put too much into thought instead of just doing the movie. And, well... That, that ride would have been really cool. Instead, we got Nemo <laughs> in, what, 2008 or whatever? Right, right. Well, and, and to me, the biggest loss there is that the Atlantis experience would have been much more guest interactive mm-hmm. instead of just looking through the windows. You know, right. there was all this stuff about being able to use levers to pick things up. That Grab were, coins yeah. and Right. Like you, you could have gotten gems and you could have done so many other things. And that's what people want to do. Right. I mean, like we've seen with Seven Dwarfs Mind Train, you do the gym interaction game and people touch things that people want to touch and do things while they're doing rides. Yeah. Like, Well, that's, you know, all, all the attractions in Galaxy's Edge, right, mm-hmm. are, are interactive. They're, they require your involvement. Correct. Um, all right. So we have our list. Shall, shall I recap our nine? We have. Please do. I'm sitting here trying to remember what they all were. I know. I'm like looking like, oh boy. We have. We started with our run on coasters. We had the Mount Fuji coaster for Epcot. We had the excavator for Disney's Animal Kingdom. We had Dragon Tower for Animal Kingdom. We had um, Geyser Mountain in Disneyland. We had um, the Western River Expedition back at Walt Disney World. Um, Toontown Transit, which would have gone in Hollywood Studios. Um, Gonzo's Pandemonium Pizza Parlor that would have belonged in Hollywood Studios. Um, the bobsled ride in the never built Switzerland pavilion. Um, and the Atlantis experience, um, at the site of the subs in Disneyland. So of those nine, which one, and actually, well, we'll go to honorable mentions later because I've got at least two more that, that, aren't on this list, but, um, yep. what, what, uh, you know, what of these would you put at the top of your list of, of, and, and let's focus really on the, the one that you're, you're most disappointed that you didn't get to experience, right? Cause I mean, they all have things to speak of for them, but which one do you think is the, is the biggest loss that we don't have it in the park? I'll go first then. I, I'm really torn between the Mount Fuji and the bobsleds only because at the time we really didn't have roller coasters in Epcot. So it would have been like, you know, something to bring you over to Epcot at that time. Like we, it was more educational instead of rides. 
Right. So and, like, and I think it's a good point because it's a way that it would have helped to boost the attendance without having to give up as much of the education or edutainment pieces as we ended up giving up to trade off for better attractions where we already had attractions. Right. And like choosing between them, it's like, you know, one's the Matterhorn, which is basically a copy and paste. And then the bobsleds, you know, they're probably a copy and paste, but we don't know what they exactly are. So I might go with the bobsleds just because we don't know exactly what they are. Right. What do you think, Tim? You agree with uh, Willie? I think I would have been the other. Uh, I'm, I'm of the same opinion, but flipped. I would have uh, really loved to have seen Mount Fuji get done. See, and and I don't disagree that that would have had a big impact, but I, my heart still says that the the biggest loss for us as Disney fans is the excavator, because by itself, that that piece. You know, since we'd already lost the Beastly Kingdom at that point, when we lost the Excavator 2, it, it set back Disney's Animal Kingdom 10 years. Easily. It, it, was, it was a half-day park for most people for, you know, a, a quite a long time after it was built, even after they got Expedition Everest online. Um, and, you know, the, the Excavator... To me, the impact that the excavator could have had is the impact that we've seen from Flight of Passage. Right. right. I mean, without Flight of Passage, it's still a half-day park. Can you imagine, though, having the excavator, uh, Expedition Everest, dueling, uh, the Dueling Dragons, the Dragon Tower, and Flight of Passage? Oh, that yeah, that's be what a, I'm saying. I mean, that would be a gate we, we We would live at Animal Kingdom. If you could stand the heat. <laughs> yeah so that that to me that's why excavator would be the first because and, and it, it was such a beautifully designed i mean if you look at that concept art concept art it was such a beautifully designed coaster that you know j- just the fact that we don't get to see it <laughs> is a tragedy but we have primeval world now primeval hurl hurl <laughs> Ish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we've got to settle on one. We've got three nominees at this point for that top slot: the the bobsled attraction, the Mount Fuji attraction, and the uh, excavator attraction. Anybody willing to to budge or or make an additional argument? Uh, I'll I will move over to um, excavator. I mean, I can't, I, I can't complain. I mean, like a wooden roller coaster is just still going to blow the pants off anything that Dino Land has right now. I mean, like, you know, whack-a-mole. Well, and, and, whack-a-mole. and let's remember that, that you know, we got to give it credit for the addition by subtraction, because if you have the excavator, you don't have those awful Midway games. Which is a bonus for us. This is what parents. I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly what I'm saying. Right, I'm not think, losing Think about the cash that would still be, still be in your pocket. Exactly. Um, so I can't complain. All right. So if that's one, then, you know, what? what's going to be two? Um, I mean, if it was my call, I, I have to side a little bit with Tim on this. I think that Mount Fuji at least was a, a unique 
take, um, a unique attraction, you know, matter, Matterhorn, it, it's another step removed because we never even got the pavilion. And the, the concept was pretty much intentionally to copy what was at Disneyland because they wanted to use that as an excuse to attract people. So I, I'm going to lean towards the unique Mount Fuji attraction. Which is a great idea. Cause I mean, I still think they should have built it. Like, I mean, it's, it's copy and paste nowadays. Like they yeah. did it with Ratatouille. Why not do it with Mount Fuji? I know why, but what, you mean with, you mean with Matterhorn? Right. All right. Uh, so we've got excavator at the top. We've got, uh, sounds like Mount Fuji in the second slot. Um, I mean, are, are we, are we still leaning towards, uh, towards the, the bobsleds at three then, or, or Willie, are you, uh, satisfied with, uh, I'm totally fine with the bobsleds at three. Like it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, that it would be so cool. All right. So we'll, we'll put them at three. I mean, I, I will admit that, that I, I put them at number three with some trepidation because as, as cool as Matterhorn is, um, it, it destroys my knees every time I ride. That's the thing. I would want it reimagined to be a little less, uh, abusive, a little less bobsleddy. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the problem, right? Is that that's what gives it that bobsled feel is the fact that you're bouncing around. But for whatever yeah. reason, the they've designed those cars so that the the crook of my knee, that little spot kind of just under your kneecap on the mm-hmm. side of your knee, fits right, in- right on the rail. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I feel like I'm having my leg amputated every time I ride. Um, all right, so we've got a one, two, three at the top. That's pretty solid there. Excavator, Mount Fuji, and uh, bobsled ride. Um, let's see, uh, Willie, you want to nominate something for the fourth slot? Um, I kind of want to go. Oh boy. There's a couple I really <laughs> want to go with. Like I'm looking at them like Roger Rabbit's really high on my list, but I'm a homer to Roger Rabbit, so I'm not gonna lie. And I I just I can't get away from Roger Rabbit, but right. I know you guys are gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna no, go. No, no, actually, Rabbit. I'm I'm with yeah. you. I I think it's yeah. a, I think it's a tr- it's a it's a terrible thing that we have no Roger Rabbit attraction at Walt Disney World. Um, you know, and and really all we've got at Disneyland is the cartoon spin, which is sort of a watered down version of you know what would have been a much richer experience at Walt Disney World. Right. It's it's so cool, and it would have been, but. A lot of people don't know what Roger Rabbit is, and that's a shame. <laughs> Sorry, they haven't been able to make use of that IP. That's right. a real shame. Right. Well, and it's yeah. a bit of chicken and egg because, you know, if they had built the attraction, it would have kept it in people's minds and people would have been, you know, rewatching more. Because I noticed, I mean, what was it? A year or two ago was the, the big anniversary for um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And there was a you know, definite resurgence of interest. They pushed it and pushed it, and still people did not jump on. Like, it was – I mean, I loved it, but right. it just never took off like they were hoping it would be like a Frozen or any of that. No, no. It wasn't that. 
No, it's a little not too at dark all. for that. I think. Yeah. It's a, yeah. So, uh, uh, Tim, what goes in the fifth slot? I'm going to say that Dragon Tower has to go to the fifth because that's, like I said, that's when it went over to um, the dark side. It was it was my, one of my favorite things to do because you got that one part where you got the coasters coming at each other, and then all of a sudden they they go up, and your feet are like about an inch and a half away from the feet of the people who cross from you. That that, that was just a lot of fun. All right. I'm I'm not going to argue with you. I mean, I, I enjoyed it as a coaster at, at Universal. So, you know, I can only imagine that it would have been at least as good as a, a Disney coaster, probably with even richer theming. So mm-hmm. um, it had some really good points. Like you said, did you want to be blue or red? And you never knew which way it was going to pull you in. Like, oh, are we going to touch? Are we not going to touch? Like right. it? Yeah. And I mean, it was a very well-designed attraction. Um, and you know, by the time it closed at, at Universal, frankly, it had, it had run about as long as it was going to run, and it, you know, something had to happen because it just wasn't reliable at that point. It had been in right. place for as long as a coaster of that type can handle. And the new ride's not reliable either. It's <laughs> true <laughs> too. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Did you say that? Um, not out loud. All right. Well, so it looks like it falls to me to nominate number six, and and. I, I'm, I've gone back and forth a couple of times on this, but I, I'm going to have to to give the number six slot there to the Western River Expedition, uh, mostly just because of the loss of original, uh, you know, Imagineering developed IP that we'll never get back. And I'm and I'm gonna I'm gonna go right there with you on that because there's um it's like you said there's it's it's original it's stuff that really is kind of original to Disney that everybody else you know tries to imitate but doesn't really quite hit the mark. Well, I mean they went in like really bad because they kept swearing that the pirates of Florida were ruining it, and that wasn't the theme at all. It was. A you know a concept of a great ride, and they wanted to bring in like the buccaneers of Florida area that were ruining Florida, and I disagree with that. But that's just me. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, my understanding is that that you know because Tampa has their big pirate festival every year, that mm-hmm. you know Disney being the the new kids on the block you know, didn't want to compete with it. Number one, didn't want to, there to be confusion, brand confusion. I mean, that was something Disney cared about all the way back then. And they didn't want there to be an association, frankly, between their parks and a, at least in the evenings, more adult focused pirate experience, um, you know, in the street parties in Tampa. They could put a, they could put a, an adult-oriented pirate experience. I'd be all about. We've that. been talking about yeah. that. That's for the, you know, the <laughs> Disney Springs that. show, right? We've talked yeah. about this a couple of times. Disney yeah. Springs needs a big pirate area. Yes, they do. <laughs> yo adult ho. only. Yeah, yo ho ho. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we still have. Uh, see, we still have three attractions to go. Um, so, Tim, what do you think belongs next? Is it Geyser Mountain? Uh, Gonzo's Pandemonium Pizza Palace or the Atlantis Experience? 
Well, I'm kind of going back and forth between a couple of them, but I'm, I think I'm going to go with Geyser Mountain just because it would have been, you know, the predecessor to the Tower of Terror. But um, it makes me wonder if they had successfully pulled it off, if it would have given more, more creative expansion to what they have ultimately did with the Tower of Terror. And I always wonder that too. Like, what would have been there now? Lessons learned, you know. Well, and but here's the interesting flip side to that: if you if you play out the unintended consequences, right? So they didn't build the the um, Geyser Mountain in what would have been probably in Critter Country or Frontierland in Disneyland. So when it came time to clone Tower of Terror, they did it in Disney California Adventure because. You know, California, the Hollywood Hotel, it fit perfectly. Right. So, so Disneyland got it. But what's more intriguing to me is because we ultimately, because we didn't get Geyser Point at Disneyland, we got Guardians of the Galaxy at DCA. Because if we don't already have Tower of Terror there, to get a remarkably inexpensive for a complete redo attraction, we probably still don't have a Guardians of the Galaxy attraction in the United States. That's it's food for thought. I don't necessarily agree, but it's food for thought. <laughs> I, I don't think they would start from a different place. Well, but I don't think they would. That's true. Maybe they would have just refurbished a different attraction. But I mean, you know, I don't think they put a Guardians of the Galaxy attraction in Frontierland. It's not going to happen. You know, it was a it was the right the right ride vehicle, the right sort of tone in the right place at the right time, and and I think it was serendipitous. We got a great attraction out of it. It worked out, and now they're making one even better at Disney World. We hope. Yes, we hope. We hope. Um, all right, so Tim, what's what's number eight? We, we've got this this you know eight nine battle again at the end. Is it Gonzo's Pandemonium Pizza Palace or Atlantis Experience? I think there's something to say for either one of them, really. It's yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, it's your turn, Willie. Go for it. Yeah, I I think we're gonna go with Atlantis only because Gonzo's is it's really cool, but it's still I I love the Muppets, you know that, but. I mean, Atlantis just had the submarines. And if the movie had just been halfway good instead of just a total bomb, it could have really taken off. And it was a bomb. That's what do you think my... about it, though? They, they already had, you know, the how many how many leagues under the sea? It was 20,000. Okay, yeah. 20,000 leagues under the sea. Um, and there still is the... Uh, the the offshoot submarine ride at uh, Disneyland. Well, it's which is, Nemo now. Yeah, but they didn't have it for a while. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Now, that's the, that's one of the great the Disney ride resurrections. Right, the ships are back, or what are they called? The submarines are back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that the thing that the subs have going for them is that, it, to some extent, it, it would have. Um, it would, in comparison, it would be so much better, right, than what we have. I mean, I, maybe that's just me. I, you know, I love the movie Finding Nemo. I, I'm not blown away by the attraction. 
my claustrophobia makes it hard for me to enjoy the sub in the first place. And, yep. you know, if I'm just going down there to look through a window at stuff that I could see without being underwater, I, you know, I'm not sure I get why I'm underwater in a tiny sub. Um, and, and having an interactive element, you know, would have been so much richer an experience. Build me an aquarium with a ground underneath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but the, the, the flip side is too that, that as much as I lament that we didn't get Gonzo's pandemonium pizza palace, and as much as I would love to get it, I also have to remember that basically Disney's had two chances already and they've blown it twice. Um, you know, they, they've gotten scared off of going all in twice because first we got, you know, originally we got mama Melrose instead. Right. And then when we had the chance to do it again with the refurb of, of pizza planet, you know, they, they punted that time too. Um, so, I guess maybe I should just be thankful that I can keep the 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 vision of of Gonzo's uh, Pandemonium Pizza Parlor in my head and not have to be disappointed by the way it ended up playing out in Hollywood Studios. That's a good way of looking at it. That's a really good way of looking at it. I mean, it's almost like one of those things you just walk by. Oh, wait, we already do. <laughs> <laughs> Just take a right and keep going. All right. Uh, so so we've got our final listing. Let's do a quick recap. Um, our official man's list of the top nine unbuilt. Real man. Disney attraction, right? The real man's list is the excavator, the Mount Fuji coaster, the uh, Swiss bobsled ride, Roger Rabbit Toontown Transit, um, Dragon Tower, Western River Experience, Geyser Mountain, the Atlantis Experience, and Gonzo's Pandemonium Pizza Parlor. Um, now, I know that there was at least one big one that that I didn't get to add to the list because I felt obligated to get a Muppet thing on there. Um, so I, I know there's one I want to mention, um, but I'm guessing there might be ones that, that you all would want to mention too. So, uh, Tim, you have an honorable mention that, that you think belonged, but just didn't make it for some reason. Uh, I do. I actually have a couple and they were both supposed to be an Epcot originally. Uh, one was a, a Godzilla bullet train ride, uh, which of course you you wouldn't really necessarily have a bullet train. You just have images flying by your window really fast. But um, right, but uh, you can't have both the bullet train and Mount Fuji. So nope, can't well, have that both. Cool we wound up that. with neither. <laughs> what what was Willie? That that, that was the, the bullet train made you feel like you were doing everything in Japan. Right. It's, it was it, the, the bullet train was Hogwarts Express before Hogwarts Express. Right. right. There you go. Even though I've not been on Hogwarts. Hogwarts Express yet. Time for something new. Time for, yeah, time to stretch a little bit. Mm. Hey, I've seen it all in my training. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, that's a great example. Um, Willie, is there, there one that you wanted to have on the list here that just didn't quite make it? There is one, and I, I keep looking over it a lot, and I think we might have really not thought about as much in Epcot, but I remember 
and I was not that young, but it was the Rhine River cruise that was going to go through Germany. And you know, it's the building is still built for it. And it would have just been really cool to see. But Germany, I think they ran out of money, like most things that happened. And, you know, if you really leave Mexico, there's no experience except movies until you get almost halfway around the world. And that would have just been the second ride. I know it would have been similar to Mexico, but it at least would have been a ride. And as a kid, that would have been really fun for me. Right. I mean, in, in, in some ways, it was a concept that got picked up in the park that never got built, right? Because it was really right. kind of what Westcott was built around, this idea of, you know, a waterway that connected all of the countries that you, you know, basically turned the whole international area I- into a waterborne dark ride almost. Um, Lazy River. <laughs> yeah. Sort yeah. of. I mean, why Just not? About. Not too far. Well, yeah. you know, the the biggest attraction that, that didn't really make our list and, and, you know, was high on my consideration and, and like I said, I probably would have put it up there if it weren't for the the devotion I have for the Muppets, um, is the, the Monsters, Inc. Doors coaster that was supposed to be built in oh, yeah. Hollywood Studios. Um you know, the, the, it's, it's the great apocryphal ride, right? Because it's, it's, it's an attraction that was like, had it gotten the green light, it was supposed to be built. And then nine 11 happened and it put a stop to everything. And that project went on a back burner somewhere and somewhere around there, the plans for it leaked onto the hub Disney's internal communication system for cast members. And so from there, the legend of (laughs) the doors coaster has kind of grown, but you know, it's, it's such a like duh concept almost. Right. I mean, you watch monsters Inc and you can't see that big doors scene and not imagine that as a roller coaster. Yeah, a hanging coaster thing. I could totally get into that. Yeah, I, I, I had, I had forgotten all about. It. I'm glad you brought that up because I'd forgotten about that. Um, I, I would be all. And, about I, and that. I, you know, and and that really is the killer, right? The the part that makes me so disappointed that that one didn't get built is that it would have been a roller coaster in a unique uh, ride con, you know, vehicle concept for Disney. There isn't another Disney attraction that uses that kind of of ride vehicle, oh. and um, you know, just. Just would have been great. And we're not getting one anytime soon. No. Because they're all now basically copy and paste. Well, that's a piece of it. And frankly, the, you know, the Monsters, Inc. franchise didn't do itself any favors. Right. It didn't, it didn't blow the, you know, it didn't. I mean, it was very good, but it didn't blow the Right, but it didn't hold up. It didn't hold the the billion dollar movie threshold. Right. Like, Chapek was always looking for half a million to a half a billion to a billion to put it into the parks. Yeah. And yeah. So, you know, so we won't get it. Um, yeah. And and it's a shame. I mean, mostly because I guess if I'm remembering correctly, it would have gone. Well, no, it wouldn't. It would have gone like in the in the probably about where Slinky Dog is now. Right. Correct. It would have been over in that that median okay. between behind um, rock and roller coaster 
and where Slinky Dog is. Right. Okay. Because that's where they were moving all the people out of. Right, right. The Plus, studio, the studios. Yeah. So, if, okay. So if that's the case, I guess I can live with the fact that we got Slinky Dog instead. Which I mean, is still amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought for a long time that, that something needs to replace Rock and Roller Coaster. As much as I love Rock and Roller Coaster, it's really an anachronism. Um, and and I, I've always thought that if nothing else, the Doors Coaster would be a great fit there. Yeah, I, I would, as a as a dark ride, that would be really amazing. I mean, you, you could you could make a case for having an inside or outside, but if it was an inside dark ride, I would uh, that would be just killer. Yeah. And can we also just be able to walk from Rock and Roller Coaster to Slinky Dog, please? Disney, oh, yeah, open that please? back pathway. Come on, help us out. <laughs> can we put that on the on the unbuilt attractions. Right, exactly. The unbuilt attractions <laughs> of, today. of the walkway right. down the back right. way. Walkway. You, you built the walkway from Grand Floridian to Magic Kingdom. Now give us the walkway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You well, know, somebody made the um the recommendation to um I think it was Iger to uh take all these shelved projects that didn't happen and make virtual rides and let people ride. I mean, we're all stuck inside right now anyway, right? Can't go to the park. Give us these things virtually and let us ride them and see what of the shelf project projects they should uh, dust off and give another try. Oh yeah. Which Good old Disney quest. Well, yeah, I mean, it, but, but the beauty of, of high speed internet is that you can do things at home and, you know, more powerful computers. You can do things on at home that you used to need, you know, industrial strength computing power to do. Mm-hmm. Tim, I have thirty nine ninety nine. You can do Disney Quest or just Venmo me. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, you all heard our list of top nine unbuilt Disney attractions. We'd love to hear your list. What things do you think belonged on that list that we didn't include? Um, what things did we include that just don't belong? Uh, this is a topic that I know some people get very passionate about, so tell us about it. Um, you can email us at podcast at disdads.com. Um, and hey, if you attach a, uh, an audio file to that, just a little MP3 file or whatever you record on your phone, I'll probably plug it into a show. Who knows? Um, so you can do that at uh, podcast at disdads.com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash disdadspodcast and on Twitter at disdadspodcast. And you can reach those of us who are, uh, you know, hosting the show individually. Uh, you can get Willie at Willie at wickedmousetravel.com or Tim at tim.hicks at fantasticmemoriestravel.com. And at disdads, I'm the guy you want to contact to get on the show. So, Reach out to me uh, on that on email on Facebook. We'll get you on the show if you want to talk about something. All right, sounds great. Yeah, and definitely send those emails to Tim. He's been doing a great job of coordinating, getting some guys. It's been a little while, you know. It's been a few weeks since we've had yeah. um, uh, a guest community member. So you know, reach out and, and let us schedule something with you. We're all kind of stuck at home, so you know, we we can be flexible with our scheduling if we need to be. Um, and if you want to reach me individually, you can always email me at Aaron at MouseMasterTravel.com. Um, until next time, I've been your host, Aaron Ripmaster, joined by Willie Crocker. Have a wicked wild night. And Tim Hicks. See you real soon.
You'll have to take yourself off mute so that we can learn about it too. Am I on mute? Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to be quiet at the same time. So, okay. You're still muted again. No, you're not. Okay. So. Uh, uh, for editing. I mean, but you know what I'm saying. Like overall, did we lose sound? You muted him. I don't play that thing.